0: The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness.
1: Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your
0: Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, good afternoon and welcome aboard. I'm Jim Stanley and for Brother Bert Harper. It's my privilege to be with you this afternoon. And I am joined by the one and only Dr. Alex McFarland.
1: Well, hello, Jim Stanley. And uh, if if we decide to start a Jim Stanley fan club, I think I could be the first acting president. How about that?
0: Well, I would be humbled if you would do that. And, you know, they can send all cards and money orders to Alex McFarland at AlexMcFarland.com. <laughs> well, no, God bless really. you. Just kidding. Uh, we we don't want you to send us your monies. We would much rather you give that to the local church. And if you have something left over, then Alex does have a worthy ministry, as is Afr. Amen. Uh, so, well, you know this is special, and
1: folks, if you're just tuning in to exploring the Word, um, this is uh, we're going to be in Third John. This is our first day back after a very, very exciting week of ministry at NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, and Jim, um, I don't know about you, but I got back late, late Friday night, and I just was kind of aglow. It was a very, very special week, meeting with all sorts of fellow Christians from around the world, and uh, you know, going into the, the... A hallway there, you know, every ministry from AFR to Billy Graham, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody was there. But there was a big, probably 20 feet tall off the ground, a big picture of Charles Stanley, who just went to be with the Lord some weeks back. And it said, His calling remains our calling. And I know Dr. Stanley on In Touch preached the gospel to the world. That was his calling. That remains our calling, doesn't
0: Mm it? It sure does. We're called to make disciples. And, you know, that is one thing that Dr. Charles Stanley did and did it well. Uh, He was a a great team leader and he had such a good team there at First Baptist Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to go to a couple of services there and he was he was a good preacher. You know, I mean, um, he's an excellent teacher, but he was a good preacher. He was one of those that could Take the gospel, explain it to you in depth, but in such a way that you understood it, no matter your level. You know, you could be a baby yeah. Christian or a fully grown Christian, but he he broke the word down so that all could understand it. And
1: uh, the American Family Radio Network, that was at NRB, we had a, a big room there where we had all the gear set up, and well, I say we, it was... <laughs> Devin Patrick and Jeff McIntosh and yourself and others that set it up, but uh, I don't know. I just came away kind of revived. I got my batteries charged, and I felt like the Spirit of the Lord was moving, and uh, it it was just great, and it's good to be with everybody now. Uh, By the way, folks, if you have been with us for the last several weeks, we went through 1 John, five chapters in 1 John, then we went through the very brief 13 verses of 2 John, and now we're on... Third John, and um, it too is, you know, fair, fairly brief. But these these letters, I was going over it this morning, Jim. How often the Apostle John, um, he'll talk about the beloved, which is, you know, believers or, uh, my children walking in truth. Uh, and you think about, you know, Christians, baby Christians, uh, you, you think about, um, you know, the elder, so in the church there are older, more mature saints of God mm-hmm. helping to be a role model for the younger, growing church uh, member or followers of Christ. And then John has a lot to say about loving the body of believers. Now, we know that we love the Lord, if you're a believer. I hope you love the Lord supremely, but we're also supposed to love the church and the fellow Christians, aren't we?
0: We absolutely are. Uh, it, it's, you know, we, we know in the previous books there, the letters of John, that that was one of the things that he kept reiterating, you know, by this will all men know, you know, and uh, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And so when we see the words of Christ and then we see them fulfilled in the books of John, it is, it, it's another time that. We talk about precept upon precept, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept. And that's kind of the way that this happens. We saw back where Jesus spoke the words by this, Will all men know you're my disciples, that you have love one for another, and then reiterated uh in the in the letters of John. hmm That's true. Um, Let let me read a little bit of
1: this, Um, and by the way, this is just one of those, you go to uh, Revolution, (laughs) the book of Revelation, then Jude, back up and you're at 3 John, but it says the elder... "...unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth." Okay, interesting, folks. This is a letter to an individual. You know, very often the New Testament epistles or letters are to a church, but here is from John the Apostle to uh, Gaius, or Gaius, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but this is a a very close friend of John, and, you know, so here's an epistle to an individual. That's kind
0: of unique, isn't it, Jim? It is. Uh, You know, we we see something similar from, from, from Paul, rather, to Philemon, but these are the exceptions rather than the rule because mostly they are written to the churches. Now, as we see here, uh, as we continue to read and, and look through here, we see that John is speaking to, to Gaius or Gaius, as you said, uh, but he's also going to take and uh, expand it to the church so that because there are things that he wants him to be aware, aware of. Now, Alex, I'm sure that John, you know this. It's something that I noticed. Uh, if Bert would hear, I know he would call attention to it, so this is it, uh, for Brother Bert. The word truth appears seven times in the letter of John, and it's not talking about something that's intellectually assimilated. It is knowledge that fills and clothes a Christian's life. In other words, it's they're supposed to see this truth and this love lived out in us, Just as we put our clothes on every day, so too should we wear the gospel openly every day. Amen. That is so true. Uh, Well,
1: you know, truth needs to be truth incarnate. I know people have heard people talk about there's orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Uh, Orthodoxy is a true belief. Jesus is the risen Lord. The Bible is God's Word. And we are to be orthodox, but the Greek word praxis, p-r-a. X-I-S means action. We're not only to believe orthodox truth, we're to live and exhibit orthodox behavior. I'll often say this, we have an authentic message, but we are to be authentic messengers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got to mention the word prosperity in verse 2, because sometimes it's almost like bad for Christians to talk about prosperity, And I realize that um, financial prosperity is not God's primary objective, although God may bless you economically. The number one agenda on God's heart is that you be born again, and that you grow in godliness. Uh, But there's nothing wrong with this blessing. Verse 2 is a blessing. Beloved, in other words, Gaius, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Well, here's the thing, and you uh, duitai, if I'm pronouncing, is the Greek word, but it it really means to have a successful journey. That's what that means. How how does our soul prosper? Well, in Jesus, in all things, you're made alive, you're given new life. So John says, um, "I wish that you may prosper, even as your soul prospers." Well, we are spiritually having a successful journey as a born again believer because Christ never leaves us or forsakes us. He indwells us and guides us. And, uh, you know, this is not what some would say, quote, prosperity gospel. But, Jim, there's nothing wrong with wishing blessing and the favor of God on our fellow believers, is it?
0: There absolutely isn't. In fact, we should pray for fellow believers along those lines because we want them to be... All right, so I want to be careful how I phrase this. Uh, because sometimes when we say we want someone to be happy, we don't necessarily understand what that happiness means. But in mm-hmm. this instance, uh, we do want them to be happy in the fact that they are, are they know where they are in their walk with God. We want them to be healthy so that they may walk through their walk with God. And then we want them to be especially blessed so that they can bless others in their co-journey with fellow believers. You know that is one of the things that First John, as we, or pardon me, Third John, uh, it it kind of talks about hospitality, and I think that's one of the reasons that John wrote to Gaius is because Gaius had been such a wonderful host to them, and not to them only, but also to other disciples that came through.
1: Yeah, Amen, Amen, and um, you know clearly this is somebody John is close to. Um, I love verse four. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Mm-hmm. Jim, you've been in the ministry, uh, myself as well. Whenever I, you know, bump into one of my youth that was in my youth group back in the day, you know, I always say, "How's your walk with the Lord these days? What's where, where are you?" And it, it is a thrill if you're in the ministry or just you're investing in people as we all should do. I mean, when you meet somebody and maybe you haven't seen them for a decade and you hear that they're, they're bearing fruit for the Lord and they're walking with the Lord and they're serving their family and they're doing what a disciple does, staying with the stuff. Well, that, that blesses the heart of a fellow Christian and certainly a preacher like few things.
0: It does. I, I know several years ago I heard from someone, uh, because I was on exploring the word and they happened to be listening that afternoon and they, uh, emailed me and asked if i was you know jim stanley it was one of those things you know are you jim stanley yes are you the jim stanley that was yes that's you know that's me and so yeah uh, amen i was able i'd given them a, a cd in a long 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 time ago and they talked about how that cd how they had begun to learn to worship because of the because of the person who was singing and the the way of which they were singing so you know that was a blessing to me in that i had contributed to that all i did was give a kid a cd you know in my mind and yet 30 years later they're thanking me for that that really is humbling alex to think of seeing those of of the faith who have grown and continued to grow well we're Mm in third john and we'll continue with this study right after the break here on american family radio
1: Welcome back to Explore the Word. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarlane here along with Jim Stanley. We are in 3rd John. If you're at a place where you can get a copy of God's Word and follow along with us, uh, do that. Uh, we will take telephone calls in a little bit. We'll open up the phones in a few moments and take your Bible questions. The number, 888 589 if you want to uh, begin to... Get ready to call in. But we're about to verses 5 and 6, and it it really speaks to Christian hospitality. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which or who have borne witness of your charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Jim, that's a long way of saying take care of the preacher that's staying at your house over the weekend. You know?
0: that's, a, that's exactly right. Are the, um, you know, the evangelist who may be in town, the special uh, music who, be, who may be in town, and every now and then just those that are passing through.
1: You know, we don't hear this all that much anymore, but... Twenty three, twenty four years ago, when I first hit the road as a traveling evangelist, preachers would call and they would say, "Brother Alex, you know, would you come and preach a revival and do some apologetics? And um, listen, we'll send you on your way after a godly sort." Right now, now what they—that was kind of preacher talk from Third John verse six, saying, "Look, uh, you just come and preach, and we'll take good care of you." And I can honestly say, in twenty two hundred churches, people have been very, very generous with me. But it goes back to the early church. Now, at this point, the church was very unstructured. I was reading that part of the uh, one commentary said this: uh, "Gaius," which was a common name, uh, and. it it says that, you know, John is writing to him personally because there wasn't a lot of structure, and this Christian charity or hospitality was imperative in those early days. Well, it still is now. But the believers have uh, taken care of each other, and I'll tell you why, because we're mindful of the fact that it's not ours. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything we have, everything that we are, is really owned by the one who bought us the lord jesus isn't that true jim
0: it absolutely is and in the last part of there of what you were reading it uh, it talks about that in verse seven you had you will do well there in verse six because you're taking care of them and sending them forward uh, on their journey in a in a manner worthy of god you will do well because they went forth for his name's sake. Amen. Taking nothing from the Gentiles. So they weren't looking for, this is going to sound bad and I don't mean it to, but they weren't looking for just anyone off the street to support their ministry. They wanted their ministry to be supported by fellow believers. And you know, nowadays when we look at the multitude of ministries, ourselves included, that are on um, the, on the path of the gospel, you know, we talk about, uh, that people give with different pockets. And what we, what we mean by that is that some want to help spread the word. And so they will chip in, uh, you know, for the, for preborn, And then we have others that will chip in for Bible league because they want to reach beyond themselves and the um, American borders. And they, they choose to help them and then we have others that help Gospel for Asia. Uh, we have some that help uh, Billy Graham Ministries, as well as uh, Samaritan's Purse, One uh, Operation Christmas Child. I was yeah. thinking O C C, and the O got me tripped up for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, those are ministries that AFA has supported over the years. And so that's why Gaius he seemed to to have that ability to get it give out of different pockets as long as he was supporting someone in God's ministry because they were doing it for his being Jesus's namesake. Amen. Well,
1: uh, and apparently some of those that that Gaius has helped told John about it mm-hmm. and said, "You know, man, that boy that guy not only is he committed to the gospel, but he he made it possible for us to do what we're doing." And I love verse seven. I really do. They went forth for Jesus' namesake. I mean it's in the Greek it's literally this, for the name they went out. Mm. Amen. What name? The the name above all names. Acts four, verse twelve. The only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, and of course the name of Jesus, taking nothing of the Gentiles, uh meaning that we We didn't look for the pagan world to pay our bills, Mm -hmm. uh, but the church. We, therefore, ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Um, Verse 8, you know, there are goers and there are senders. You know, generally, I've been a goer. Um, I've had a whole lot of people help send me. And folks, you know, millions hear the biblical worldview every day on AFR. Millions hear this, whether it's us or Dave Jeremiah, Today's Issues, Jenna Ellis in the Morning, Hamilton Corner, Airing the Addisons, all of the programming, because uh, there were some senders. There's goers and there's senders, and whichever column you're in, or maybe you've been some of both, but... We are fellow laborers together in the gospel aren't we Jim? We absolutely are.
0: And and we all share in those rewards. We do. And then, you know, as as we move on, we kind of step away from the praise of Gaius if you will. And by that I mean John recognizing what what uh Gaius is doing in his in his body there uh in the church and so we see what's happening there. But now we're going to step back to a, to a little bit of discipline, aren't we? Yeah,
1: Gaius gets an attaboy, but not so much Diotrephes, if, if I'm pronouncing that uh, multi-syllable name correctly. Verse 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, did not receive us. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he d- doeth, prating... P-R-A-T-I-N-G, now that's kind of an old English word of, you know, being bold and loud and, uh, you know, talking nonsense really is what it means prating words against us, malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbids them that would, and casts them out of the church. In other words, if you are showing hospitality to good Christian leaders, this guy Diotrephes will go on a smear campaign against you. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? I mean, talk about a troublemaker on several levels, and Jim, do you get the kind of little bit of veiled, you know, threat, John says, look, if I come there, I'm going to deal with this guy. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> he's he's going to deal with him face to face. You know, Charles Spurgeon once said, a man who will not do well in his present place because he longs to be higher is already too high and should be put lower. That's something that every Christian has to deal with. You know, a lot of times... We want to be the soloist for the for the worship team, and we don't necessarily have the voice for a soloist. We huh. may have a great support voice, but you know, to to take the solo, to take the lead, you you have to command you know a special set of skills, if you will. And that's not saying God can't equip you. Don't anyone take offense to that. That's not what it's meant for. But sometimes we need to be preached to. Instead of doing the preaching, you know, and and we all want to be the preacher. But not everybody's called to be the preacher. And as we know from Scripture, the preacher is going to be held to a higher standard than people who are just preached to. And so that was one of the things that Diatrophes, and I probably missed the syllable, Alex. I am from the South. Uh, But it's one of those things that he wanted everybody's attention on him talking about what a great job he was doing. However, just as we do not have any idols before God, we don't need to make ourselves an idol before God because what happened to the golden calf after Moses came down from the mountain? It was consumed by fire. So Mm. too, will we be consumed by fire and we need to come out on the other side as a pure gold rather than being saved by wood, hay, and stubble. So yeah. to me, that's one of the things that, that, that John was warning about is don't think too highly of yourself because you may be brought low. And we've seen that with national pastors across the country who have been caught in sin. And, you know, those guys and, and ladies, they're human just like us. They're forgiven sinners just like us. But when they stumble and fall, they do so on much a grander scale than we might just in our local church.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, heartbreaking any time a Christian falls into sin, but it's especially detrimental. There's a lot of collateral damage when a very high-profile leader Mm -hmm. does. Um, So in uh, contrast to this rebuke of uh, Diotrephes, or however you pronounce his name, we get to verse 11, and John says this, Beloved, follow... Not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and you know that our record is true. Mm. Okay, verses 11 and 12 here. Here's a a little pat on the back with Demetrius. Now, verse 11, um, if you're bearing good fruit, it's because you've got a good root, uh, if you're bearing carnal, sinful, evil fruit. Um, verse 11 indicates John. this is John's way of saying, this person is not born again yet. Now, first John says, the one who knows Christ does not sin. Mm. And you say, well, but even a Christian can stumble and inadvertently commit sin. That's true. But Positionally, we are in Christ. If you're a born-again believer, you are declared righteous. And while you may trip up and sin, ultimately, a born-again believer produces good fruit because they have a born-again, regenerated, living root. You're connected with Christ. So um, verse 11 is not teaching salvation by works, If you do good, you'll go to heaven. That's not what that's saying. But if you're born again, you'll bear the fruit of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And if you are incapable of bearing the fruit of righteousness, it's because you don't know God yet. And here it just mentions one who does know the Lord is is Demetrius. Um, Has a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Jim, you know what I believe that really means is um, his walk is equal to his talk. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just say it. He lives it.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, you were mentioning First John a minute ago, and that um, people who have come to Christ don't sin. Uh, and then you talked about stumbling and falling. I like that. That verse doesn't leave us hanging there. But if any man sins, he has an advocate who is Jesus Christ, the righteous. And the same is true here. Like you said, if we are if we are born of the Lord, we will imitate what is good. We are to be a reflection of Christ every day because he's, he's in us and should radiate out from us. And then uh, Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. So Demetrius has gotten to the point that not only does he have a good witness among his brethren, he, he has walked to the point that the light and love of Christ is shining out from him. Because he has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. So the Holy mm. Spirit bears witness with his spirit that, hey, this is, this is our guy. He's doing what we're asking him to do. And if he tells something, he's trustworthy. What he's telling you is true. You know, I, I remember, and you and I have talked about this before, that Paul made the statement, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, to have that kind of relationship, that you're that close to Christ, that I can follow someone as I follow Christ. You know, the same is true here, that it might be said of me one day that I have good report of men, but more importantly, of truth itself, that that bears witness throughout me. Amen. Well,
1: the the closing salutation, uh, 13 and 14, uh, John writes this, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Uh, And the word friends and the word friends, it's the same word. So all the Christians here, send their love. And Mm -hmm. uh, please tell all the Christians where you are, uh, Gaius, that uh, we love you guys too. For one thing, there is such a, um, I don't know, uh, just a familial, well, it's called koinonia, the fellowship among the believers. Mm -hmm. Jim, have you ever been in a church where maybe on one of the bulletin boards in a hallway are missionary letters? Yes. Uh, I love to look at those. It's always very special, and you'll see a picture of maybe a church in zambia Mm -hmm. and dear such and such thank you as you read this you know the picture these are all these kids that have accepted christ and maybe next year when i come by i'll tell you in person how grateful we are you know in a way this is almost like a missionary letter um and these things have been going on for 20 centuries um let me just say this, and I know we've got a break coming. Everybody wants to feel significant. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to feel like they're a part of something that really matters. Dear friends, when you're in church and you're committed to the work of the Lord, whether you're a goer or whether you're a sender or a little bit of both, you're a part of something that is the longest-running endeavor in
0: world history, the Church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give us a call, 888 888 Your questions next on AFR.
2: Welcome
0: back what to Exploring the Word. Give us a phone call at 888 589 Uh, Verse 13 and 14 say again, I had many things to write to you, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you. Our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Now, uh, Alex, just before we go to the phones, I did want to ask you about this. You know, John's basically saying, I have a lot of things that I wanted to write to you. But I want to save those for a face-to-face discussion. Do you think that's because he might have had a little more to say about what was going on in the local church there, but he wanted to end on a gracious note instead of a harsh note? You know, that is a great, that's a great observation, and I think so.
1: And, um, you know, for one, we know that the words in the Bible are the words that the Holy Spirit wanted to be there, Mm -hmm. so... You know, a big reason why did John end where he ended? Well, because the Holy Spirit led him to. That's right. But, but also, I think it does exhibit wise leadership. Um, let me just say, don't ever fire somebody with a text, or no. don't ever, don't ever break up with your girlfriend with an email. Um, look, very often, instruction or correction. Or generally, the the more gravity, it needs to be done face to face. And ending on a positive note like this, I'll, I'll just put it this way: in church, in volunteer work, certainly in business, sometimes you have to have a little heart to heart talk with somebody. And you always want to act redemptively in in the life of somebody. You always want to try to be positive, and. um Doesn't mean you don't sometimes have to, you know, have a real come-to-Jesus meeting, but this is just good leadership to, as Bing Crosby would sing, accentuate the positive.
0: You know, one of the things (laughs) you said there was, don't break up with your girlfriend by email. I've been married to my girlfriend for 33 years, and I can promise you that if I chose to end that relationship by email, there would shortly be a face-to-face meeting. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, when Angie and I got married, email didn't exist yet, uh, but you know what I'm saying is... Oh, absolutely,
0: um, I do, and I agree.
1: Yeah, Um, it's always
0: better to communicate face-to-face. I just think it is, Jim. And I don't disagree with that. Some of the folks that I work with here will tell you that I will come see them or call them rather than just send an email, because an email and text, they don't display any emotion. Uh, and it's so easy to read things into it. Well, let's go to yeah. the phone, shall we?
1: Yes, sir. 888-589-8840. Your Bible questions on today's edition of Exploring the Word.
0: All right, let's talk to John calling from Mississippi. John, welcome to Exploring the Word.
2: Oh, uh, Thank you. Uh, I have a question uh, about cremation versus being buried. It's so much less expensive. For cremation okay <laughs> however uh I would rather be buried however it's it, like I said it's so much more expensive for that way and I'm not a really rich guy but uh, anyway uh I know in the Bible it says w- at the rapture those uh, in the grave I think it says grave will rise first now what's the Hebrew or Greek, whichever it was written in, word for grave, would that include, it doesn't matter if it's ashes or what? Uh, what, are, what is y'all's opinion on cremation in that respect?
1: Um, well, John, thanks for calling. And, um, you know, even 18, 19 years ago when I was working for Dr. Dobson, we were getting that question at mm-hmm. Focus on the Family, and— um, you know, I, I've prayed about it and done my best to try to study on this. So I'm I'm only giving Alex's perspective here, but I I, I gotta say that the the Bible doesn't specifically say what mode Christians have to be buried, and I, I do think it's kind of a stewardship issue. Um, so since we are free in Christ you know, irrespective of the history of cremation. You know, you read in Genesis that Abraham, uh, he sought a burial place for Sarah. And so traditional burial, quote-unquote, has been the norm throughout the Bible and much of Christian history. However, let me just say that um, I don't think for, for Christians today it has to be a spiritual, you know, question like that, I really think that um, it can be just a matter of personal stewardship. Uh, I, I think it's fine for a Christian to be cremated if you, if you feel like that's the best choice for you, because here's the thing, when that trumpet sounds and the eastern sky opens up and uh, God sends his angels to the elect from the four winds, the Bible says, listen, we will get reconstituted and appear before the Lord that day. So, Jim, I think, and again, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I really think for a Christian, uh, if cremation appears to be the best option all around, that would be an okay thing for a Christian to do.
0: Oh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. In fact, that's what I've told my family that I want to be done. Uh, One of the best pastors I ever had was Sonny Smith, and Sonny always talked about, you know, that when, in fact, you look back there in, in Third John where it was getting on to him about thinking more highly of himself than he ought to for trying to get a better position than he had. Brother Sonny's thing was we're all dirt, huh. you know.
1: Well, that's true, that's we, true.
0: And so whether you're cremated or whether you're buried, that's your body is going to return to dust. It's if you are buried long enough, despite the seal, defi- despite the coffin, you're going to wind up dirt. That's just, that's, that's the way it is. And so when you're cremated, you kind of become dust and dirt, you become ashes. And so it's one of those things that we think about the majesty of God who was able to speak creation into existence all the way down to the atom are from the atom, if you will, and then by atom, Adam, A-D-A-M. And uh-huh. so when we see that, man, there's, there's really nothing God can't do. And I agree with Alex. It does become more of a question of stewardship than just, um, let's face it, I, I understand folks want to visit a grave site. I understand they want to put flowers on graves, and I'm not undermining that at all. If that's what you want for your family or if that's what your family wants for you, then have at it. But when we die, those of us that know Christ, we're already gone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so that that's my two cents, but yeah. And I,
1: one one last thing I'll say. Let me give the telephone number folks. Okay. Uh we we have lines open if you want to call and ask a Bible question. The number is 888-589-8840. Um in in the spirit of stewardship, I know having pastored and I've done a whole lot of funerals, um, you can go to your local funeral home and do a prepaid thing mm-hmm. where you can... And I know you can save a lot, a lot of money and pay it ahead of time. And I will say this, if to have your final arrangements taken care of ahead of time very often does relieve hardship from off of your family. And they're going to be shell shocked anyway when you you know, a loved one passes. Mm-hmm. And um I, I'll say this, I've I've seen um bereaved families in the heat of the moment make a lot of financial decisions that are less than ideal to quote unquote honor the deceased. And sometimes if you pay ahead of time, it may be you'll make the decisions a little more prudently than if you're in the showroom spending huge sums of money hours after the deceased passed away. You read me, Jim?
0: Yes, sir, and I agree. Again, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, Alex, I I was using my David Jeremiah study Bible today, and I happened to close it, and on the back of it, uh, it's from Worthy Publishing, and it says, Lifetime Guarantee. Okay. Now, That's, you know, that's pretty broad promise, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And I just, life is pretty long. Yeah. I was, you know, I chase squirrels every now and then, and I was simply amused by that. So my Bible is guaranteed for a lifetime. But if I know Christ, I'm guaranteed eternal life. So, you know, praise the Lord. We move on back to the phones. Let's talk to Calvin calling from Mississippi. Calvin, what? Pardon me, Kansas. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
2: Yeah, you guys do a great job and enjoy listening to you. And uh, I have a question for you today. The disciples were would work miracles of different sorts. And were they Christians before the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came? Hmm.
1: Good question. Yes, I mean, in the sense of uh, every believer. I'm going to say this: uh, on the cross, when Jesus cried out, "It is finished," and he died on the cross, he yielded up his spirit, and at that moment, the curtain in the temple split. And this is John nineteen thirty and Matthew twenty seven fifty one through fifty four. Uh, Jim, wouldn't you agree the ending of the Old Covenant ended one one Friday afternoon when Christ cried out, it is finished? Now, here's the thing. All of the Old Covenant or Old Testament saints in faith look to the Messiah that would come. Maybe, Maybe while Jesus is carrying that cross up Calvary's mountain, maybe a priest was taking a lamb up to the Temple Mount, Mm. and that would be the last lamb that would ever be offered, and the blood of that lamb would cover sin temporarily. The Lamb of God, Jesus, was crucified, and his blood would not just cover sin, but wash it away. So I think everybody post-resurrection is a Christian. Uh, The word disciple and the word Christian, really the same thing, in that... If you're a a believer in Jesus, you're a Christian. Um, If you're a a disciple, that means a follower of Christ. Um, And we're not just to make converts, not just get somebody to recite a prayer, but, you know, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, go into all the world and make disciples. Now the word disciple means a consistent, obedient, learning follower. So a disciple and a Christian should be the same, shouldn't they, Jim?
0: Yes, sir, they should. And I think in uh, in point to Calvin's question, um, Calvin, I know that the disciples were empowered by Christ to do the miracles that they did, and then I also know they were reprimanded by Christ because there were some miracles they couldn't do, and Jesus chided them about that. And so uh, I think when they tried to Just like today when we try and walk in our own knowledge instead of walking in the knowledge of Christ, we mess up. And so uh, as far as to your exact question, if the disciples were Christians then or Christians now, as Alex said, the word's kind of interchangeable, but they were embedded with the power of Christ, if you will, so they could work those miracles that he told them to go do. They went forth by his word. And so uh, I don't know if that helps any or not, but there you go. Um, Let's talk to Phyllis calling from Arkansas. Phyllis, welcome to Exploring the Word.
2: Thank you. I just love to hear y'all's answers. Um, I was reading about the Tower of Babel, and it struck me, why did God put so much um, into stopping them building a tower? Obviously, they weren't going to build it up into heaven, but there was something going on with those people, and
1: was it just the fact that they were rebelling against God, or were they were they onto something? You know, we've got this AI going on now, this artificial intelligence that's a little scary. Were they into something that maybe they should
2: not have been dabbling in? Was it-
1: mm. Great question. You know, Phyllis, I was thinking several weeks back, reading about artificial intelligence and how the whole wide world is just going to be united by computers and servers that think for themselves, and I thought it's almost like the internet and AI is our own tower of Babel. Mm. By the way, folks, this is in Genesis 11. You ought to read the first nine verses of Genesis 11, but it says in verse 4, they were building a tower whose top may reach up to heaven, and let us make us a name. It's interesting. Not be under the name of God, but we're going to make our own name. I really think the confusion of the languages and the really confusion and dispersion of people throughout the the earth. The Tower of Babel was, in a way, a twofold thing. Uh, It was a man-made religion and a man-made worldwide system. Mm. And, Jim, it's been many, many centuries, but we're just about back at this same juncture. Uh, A world without God, a world in fact, that almost excludes God forcibly. And um, so, and interesting, by the way, it's um, this thing, verse 2 in Genesis the plains of Shinar. Now, some commentators theorize that Babel, uh, the Tower of Babel was a a type of occult thing to worship the stars, maybe, to go all the way up to the top Mm -hmm. and get some power. But it, it was religious and political and cultural a world without god and it's um it's not babel but ai well bitcoin we're back there again we
0: are and it's one of those worlds that can be easily tumbled again and oh, as yes. much as we rely on artificial intelligence it can be it can be silenced with a really big solar flare or a uh, uh, electric magnetic type bomb that would also shut it down. So, we got to be careful today just like they needed to be careful then. I'm Jim Stanley. That was Dr. Alex McFarland. This has been Exploring the Word. Tell someone about Exploring the Word, but please tell everyone about Jesus.
2: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.